Thank you. Hi, everybody. My name's Terry, and and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm also very nervous, and that's okay. Um, probably because I'm still self-centered and I want to sound good. <laughs> so, um, and I hope I don't say um a thousand times. I just was telling Penny I was nervous and I was looking in a book I have and there's a little thing that I wrote in there that I must have heard somewhere and it says, there is no wrong way to do a right thing. And it was exactly what I needed to hear because um, was asked to do this service and that's the right thing to do. And I know that because of this program has taught me that. So um, it's about the first step and that's the step I really couldn't get for many, 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 many years. Um, and it says in the AA 12 and 12 in the first step, the first line is who cares to admit complete defeat? And I certainly did not care to admit complete defeat for a very long time. I could not accept that I couldn't control it. And um, what I got, one of the first promises that I got from working this step, and I know this isn't in these chapters, but I just have to read it because um, it's just amazing to me that this has come true, that we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. <laughs> For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil for, as it, from it as a hot flame. We react sanely and normally. We will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither, have we, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. And that was really a huge promise because today, as a result of accepting that I'm powerless over food and that my life was unmanageable and working through this process, that was one of the first promises that really came true. I have today, 99% of the time, I have complete neutrality around food. I don't obsess about it. I, it's not... Um, it's just not an option. It's not a thing. I don't feel deprived. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. I never, and even in the periods of, of sobriety that I had where I was not binging, I never had neutrality around food. It was always in my head. It was always an obsession. It was always a deprivation. It was always, why can you and I can't? And it was just always that way. And working this program gave me that and there's a, a, a meeting that I listened to that there's a guy on the line that shares all the time that not only am I abstinent but I'm doing so happily I didn't think that was possible I really didn't think it was possible and I'm here to tell you that it is possible and you know so I had to understand and I didn't understand for the longest time what I actually had and you know, they talk about it all a lot now that what I have is a twofold illness. I have that allergy of the body that if I pick up or do certain behaviors that I'm compelled to do it again and again, and I can't stop. And that's the physical 
allergy that I have. And, you know, I had a, it was hard for me to accept that I had a physical allergy, especially towards certain substances. And I did this workshop one time and they talked about different colored foods. And that actually was good for me at the time because turns out everything on, I don't know if you've heard of the red light, yellow light, green light, but it turns out that the, all the yellow light foods were my, I'm not ready to give these up foods. <laughs> and I unfortunately or fortunately had to experiment with that because I just wasn't willing. And I had to get to that point of complete desperation to become willing to look at all of the foods and the food behaviors. I never considered food behaviors a problem, like grazing or you know going to a certain thing and picking up food as I went through and they were, they were on my food plan or whatever. Like there was a lot of things that I just wasn't willing to accept. And um, you know, I had, like I said, I had to get to that point of desperation. They called a gift and it was a gift. Now I sat there, I can remember sitting in my chair in my family room eating binging eating couldn't stop and knowing that eventually i was gonna i was gonna die you know i was gonna die of isolation i was gonna die of whatever i have many addictions and um one will lead to the other and you know i heard a i heard a podcast or a recording about um what's the hardest someone was asked what's the hardest addiction to give up and the answer was the last one <laughs> and for me this was the last one and you know i always went it was the first one and it was the last one it was the first my first and it's what i hung on to for many 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 years and i was determined to do it my way i was determined to do it myself and i I went through the chapters and I was trying to, you know, like figure out what I was going to say and mostly what I was going to say is what I just already said, but um, I felt like if I went through the book it was going to be really choppy, but there's a lot of um, things that I did, you know, want to point out and, you know, like one of them, I have recovered, you know, and that doesn't mean I'm cured and it doesn't mean that, you know, it, it, all it means is that I'm not in that, I have that neutrality. I have that neutrality and I have entire abstinence, which allows me to be open to what this program has to offer to teach me. So, you know, I have through the process of the steps made a connection with my higher power and I can now be open to growing spiritually, which is my, has to be my daily goal to grow spiritually and which is why I said yes when I was asked to do this and no one told me it was recorded <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't matter you know like I started off with you know there's no wrong way to do a right thing and this is the right thing to do and and it's my defects and it's my humanness that get in the way of and I got on my knees in the bathroom in there and um asked God to help me to to understand that um you know, it's, it's, it's his doing, and that's why I'm here, and I'm here, and it's my privilege to try to share my experience, strength, and hope, and how this program worked for me, and it is a privilege. It's a privilege, and um, I'm just 
completely amazed and overwhelmed at what this program has done for me. And it's amazing. Um, you know, it says, you know, we can rely absolutely on everything in this book, you know, and it, the, so the allergy of the body means I got to get rid of all those substances, all those behaviors. I need a food plan. Um, I, I need to do certain things with that food plan. Um, my food plan is different on one day than another because of work and that was all figured out with my sponsor and I needed to have entire abstinence in order to be able to try to work this program because the real problem is in my head. <laughs> you know, like the, the main problem of mine is the obsession, is the obsession of the mind. And, you know, I could be free of substances for periods of time, which unfortunately um, kept me out there longer because I thought I had control and I thought I was, you know, doing it. And so it kept me out there for, for quite a while. And, but I can remember things like, you know, not thinking that I had anything in my system, whether I did or I didn't, um, cause I wasn't sure what entire absence meant, um, whether I did or I didn't. And I'd be at work and I'd walk by the break room and I'd see something and I'm, and I knew it was like, Phew! that mental twist that they talk about. I knew right away that maybe not that instant, but I was coming back because I was going to eat that. And there was nothing I could do about it. Nothing. You know, they say pick up the phone or do. I had no defense against that first bite. None. Um, I just didn't know how not to do it. And so I'd go back and then it would get really, really bad. And I'd binge and, you know, and I knew what would happen. Like, I really knew what would happen. If I knew that the mental twist, I knew that, okay, well, I'm coming back because I'm eating that. And I would go back and I would know that if and when I did, and I'd try to push it off because I knew that when I did, it, I was off to the races and that I would be sick by the time I went to bed that night. And I'd be laying in bed, unable to fall asleep because I was so stuffed and sick from eating because I couldn't stop once I started. And, um, so it was really the, and that's what it talks about in, in more about alcoholism. All those stories are people who hadn't been drinking, but went back knowing what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen and I did it anyway. I don't really think that at the end I thought, well, I'm going to have that, but that's all I'm going to have. I didn't, I knew that wasn't going to happen. I knew that that wasn't who I was. Um, and I just knew what was going to happen. So, you know, I spent a lot of time being restless, irritable, and discontent. Um, unless, because without the food, I was restless, irritable, and discontent. Because I didn't know how to live life on life's terms. I didn't know how to deal with whatever was going on in my life. Um, I just didn't know how to live. And this program is teaching me how to do that one day at a time through... You know, because the, the defense from the food now is my higher power, who I choose to call God. Um, you know, and these, these things that I have underlined in this, in this book, you know, the, the manifestation of the allergy, a phenomenon of craving is limited to this class and never occurs in the average temperate drinker. These allergic types can never safely use alcohol. And I'm different. 
I'm not like the average person. I am a distinct entity. I am a compulsive overeater, was, is, always will be. That's never gonna change. And for the first time in all of my life, I've accepted that to the core of my being and am willing to do whatever it takes to um, continue on this road of spiritual growth because it's amazing. It's, it's really amazing. Um, and you know this after they have you know talks about like not drinking after they have succumbed you know the phenomenon of craving develops and i pass through the well-known stages of a spree which i've already talked about um and it's just repeated and i was reading this yesterday and i'm like and this is repeated over and over and i said and in my case over and over and over and over and over unless this per person can experience an entire psychic change which comes from continuing on and working those steps and I don't know where I was all those years, but you know, I'm, I thank God that today I'm today I'm here. Um, I'm part of this, and it is really hard for me to go um, through the book with. Oh, and Bill's story, I can totally relate to Bill. You know, and I was in the beginning, I was like, mm, I relate to Bill, which a lot of people say. And you know, it was about like he was always looking for. I was always looking for, as Bill was something outside myself to make me feel okay, to make me feel loved, to make me feel, I was never okay. And so I was always looking, you know, he talks about here was love, applause, you know, moments sublime with intervals hilarious. I was part of life at last. And I remember like making certain goals for myself. And when I reached those goals, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be okay now. And I, I never was, I just, I never was and you know I would get lonely again and turn to alcohol and I, I've been in this big book study and it, the more I go through this book the more I learn and I keep learning and I thank God for that because I got a long way to go and like he talked about you know them jumping from the towers of high finance and and you know not him and like that whole I know what's gonna work and I can do this and that that will to like carry me through and i felt like that for years I, I can remember going to a diet program and thinking you know if they knew what i knew they wouldn't they would lose weight because i know that you have to stay away from sugar and flour that was my abstinence then and that's what i thought and i really thought like i do and you didn't <laughs> and that's why it worked for me and off and on and I had those periods where it worked for me and I would lose the weight and, you know, man, what a, what a falsehood that was, you know, because um, I always went back because of that mental obsession would always take me back to the food because I didn't know how to deal with life on life's terms. Um, you know, and he talks about that control, you know. Um, I still thought I could control the situation because there were periods of sobriety and that was a huge thing for me because I still thought I could control it you know and then he says shortly thereafter I came home drunk there had been no fight it's like that walking by the break room look oh, I'm gonna eat that no fight like where had been my high resolve was I crazy yeah I'm pretty crazy <laughs> you know because in the next page it says you know I I'd been seriously ill bodily and mentally 
and that's the physical allergy and the mental obsession. And, um, and then he thinks the self-knowledge. And I thought I had a lot of self-knowledge. I could tell you all kinds of stuff about nutrition and what did you should eat. And I knew that certain foods were a trigger for me and, and all that stuff. I just wasn't willing to give up what I didn't know was a trigger for me or those yellow foods, you know. <laughs> Those yellow foods crack me up now. <laughs> they really do because they were just my reservations and they were, you know. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, well, they were going to get such and such, but they were going to put them away so they were, you know, only going to have so many. And I'm like, if you have to hide them, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> you know, but like that's where we, that's where I was. That's where I was all the time. You know, and self-knowledge didn't get me anywhere. Self-knowledge is not going to get me anywhere. It's that connection with a higher power that's going to take me out of the depth of despair where I was when I was actively in my addiction. Um, food was my master. Mm. Food was my master. Pretty um, <laughs> uh, uh, The and there is a solution, um, you know, it says again about recovered and it talks about the fellowship and I have a fellowship now, like I have a fellowship in Overeaters Anonymous. I have people I can call and I have friends and I have, um, it's funny because I called somebody in another program because I wanted to go on and on about my sister and she didn't answer. And it was really good because I would have went on and on about my sister. <laughs> and I called somebody from OA who I know works this program, and she didn't want to hear word one about my sister. <laughs> she wanted to know what was going on with me and what my part and all that stuff, you know, like it talks about in step 10. And I do believe that whenever I am disturbed, it's because there's something wrong with me. And I do believe that. I just don't always want to see it. <laughs> um, you know, and it says that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out. I have a way out. I didn't know. I think towards the end I was just thinking, you know, this is just never going to work for me and I can't do this. And it was, it was, and I don't ever want to forget that. I don't ever want to forget where I was, you know. And throughout all these chapters, it talks about um, reaching out and helping the next person. And that's, that's what it says, you know. My, and today, my primary purpose was to stay sober and try to help somebody else, inside or outside this program. And because that's what, what I'm trying to do, some days are better than others, is to live and grow spiritually and become who God intended me to be all along. Um, I was never able to do that before, and I didn't really care who God intended me to be. I wanted to be who I wanted to be and do what I wanted to do, and self-centeredness is tough, tough to, to get rid of. Um, and, you know, it says uh, the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning because all the growth comes after that. But without the beginning, without accepting the fact that I have a physical allergy and a mental obsession and becoming entirely abstinent, I don't have a shot at this work. I really don't because it says somewhere a man's brain must be cleared before he is to be approached because I, I'm not approachable in the food. I'm not open to anything. Um, but I also believe that once I am and I have the tools to get there in the very beginning, that once I am, I've got to 
do I hear this on the line too. I, ha I have to do these steps like my hair's on fire because I'll, I'll go back. That mental obsession will still be there. And without this work, that mental obsession will come back and I'll go back to the food. Um, and it says again, you know, that main problem, the alcoholic centered in his mind rather than his body. And it's that, again, it's that mental obsession and that obsession that somehow, someday, they will beat the game. And I always thought I would beat the game. I always thought I would. And I'm just really, really grateful that, um, that I have this opportunity that um, I can be abstinent today, I can be present, I can be a part of life at last. <laughs> I can be try to learn how to grow and become who God intended me to be and that I um, can be a worker among workers, a friend among friends, all those things that they say, a productive member of society. And you know, I recently went through some medical stuff and you know, thank, thank God I was abstinent and healthy because it really helped. You know, I had surgery in November and um, all is well and I don't know, having this program and working it was just a miracle because, you know, when I first found out what was going on, it was a little, you know, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I, it's easier for me, I think, and for a lot of us to accept and, and work through the big things than it is through the little things. Um, and this was a big thing and it turned out, it turned out all well, you know, and I knew that God was going to take care of me no matter the outcome. I, I really did. There's the, the promises in this, that first one about the neutrality is this the first one. The promises in this program are endless. And you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm just so glad that I'm open to learn now what this program has to offer because it's a miracle and it's amazing. And it talks about, you know, clear cut directions. And I used to think like, what? It's just like, clear it's so clear <laughs> it's step by step by step of how to deal with anything that goes on in my life it's like clearer than just it's very clear and I think one of the things that helped me um, this time around too is my my shortened version I like everything directed to the point my shortened version of the set aside prayer which is just God please enable me to set aside everything I think I know for an open mind and a new experience and today, for the most part, I have an open mind and I continue to get new experiences as a result of entire abstinence and trying to work these steps in my life. And I asked to go first because I was afraid I'd be in my head while Penny was speaking and I really wanted to hear her. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you. <laughs> so I go now? Now? Okay, so my name is Penny, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater um, through the grace of God. I'm very nervous too, and I made, I've been making notes ever since I, for, for, uh, for the month that I know I've been speaking, I've been making notes. I'm, you know, I'm making dinner and I write a note, so we'll see how it comes out. I too prayed and so on and so forth. And that nervousness is about not wanting to sound stupid or, you know, I don't know what it's about. But anyway, God, it's a character defect, fear, and God can remove that. So I'll just go here. Um, 
I'll start with a little bit of who I am. Um, I've done a, done a lot of research in this program. My sobriety date, my abstinent date, the date that I got abstinent was November 28th, 1988. And I have to write it down because my, I'm, I'm think, I think what I'm, I'm called a, an old timer. You know, I have a lot of years of recovery and abstinence and I haven't died yet. So, uh, for the, and I haven't died, oh, that's not right, that's my, that's my AA, that's my AA. Um, I'm confused, already I'm confused, whatever. I have 30 years of recovery in Overeaters Anonymous. I haven't picked up food, I've been working the steps for 30 years, which is a long time. And God gets the credit, you get the credit. And I even say today, like, there are three of us up here talking. Like, it's Terry, it's me, and it's God. And uh, that 30 years goes to everybody. Bill, Bob, and our founder, who I can't remember her name right now. I can hardly remember my own name. What's her name? Roseanne. Roseanne, thank you. This is, this is going to be a, a group uh, talk. <laughs> and I have 30, yeah, it's a group talk. And I have 34 years in AA. So I've been to a lot of meetings, sponsored a lot of people, so on and so forth. Uh, and we're talking about the first step. So I've may, been maintaining, through the grace of God, uh, over 100 pound weight loss for all these years. Um, and as you know, it's not an easy thing for a compulsive overeater to maintain for one hour. You know, I was always a good loser, always a good loser, but never, never, ever could maintain that weight. And uh, that was the hook, that was the hook. So. The first step, uh, I have to understand, accept, and surrender 100% to what this book says. It's not like a Chinese menu, if, you, uh, if you'll pardon the expression. I can't take one from column B, one from column two, whatever that is. Um, I have to follow this 100%, which I have done. I have really done from the beginning. Uh, recently, I would say in the past six or seven years, I've really gotten more involved in the study of this, but it's, it's all in there. Um, I have to find out what I am addicted to, the substances, the behaviors, and the thoughts and the obsessions. I can't stay abstinent until the big book says I am entirely abstinent. So that's what I'm gonna talk about. The big book talks about everything. It talks about entirely abstinent, but it doesn't talk about entirely abstinent for us, overeaters. It doesn't say that I have to abstain from this and that. It doesn't say that. So that's where I'm gonna focus my talk on today. Whew, okay. Um, uh, and I can't be entirely abstinent unless I define and surrender to what abstinence is. This is not in the big book. Okay, that's my first page. All right, I already said that without that. Okay, so the big book says the only relief, of course, to suggest is entire abstinence. And if I'm still picking up, if I'm still picking up, if I'm still overweight and claiming to be abstinent, um, there's something wrong with my entire absence. I believe we have so many relapse survivors in our room, so many people coming in and out and in and out. I see it much more. I go to a lot of AA meetings too. I see it a lot more in this particular uh, fellowship. And I think that has to do, of course, with the first step. We don't understand what it is that we have to abstain from. What does entirely abstinent mean to me? So that's what I'm gonna talk about. If I keep repeating myself, that's because I'm getting old and I can't remember <laughs> I said it. So just, you know, you can just tell me I said that already. All right. <laughs> So what does entire abstinence look like and how do I get it? What's it look like for me and how do I get it? Um, and this is for me, I'm only talking for me. And uh, there is something, 
you know, I have to say that, uh, yes, 30 years of absence is a long time. A lot happens for a compulsive overeater in a day. But, you know, I've, I've lived through a lot of things, changing jobs, uh, getting married, my husband's death in a motorcycle accident, uh, illnesses. I mean, no matter what, we just don't pick up. Um, so I have to understand what is in the category of picking up. Okay, so let's go. Let's start with that. Am I off choppy here, Holly? Am I all hot, choppy? Okay. Uh, we have to understand it. Okay, so the physical abstinence, the physical abstinence, what is entirely abstinent to me? So this is Overeaters Anonymous. It's not Sugar Anonymous. It's not Flour Anonymous. I have never once ever seen anybody or myself going into 7-Eleven or Wawa and bought a bag of sugar and eaten it. I've never done that with flour. So I have to find out what it is that I am really needing to abstain from. Um, it's Overeaters Anonymous, not Sugar Anonymous, not Flour Anonymous. So even if I eat that extra stream bean, because it's just a stream bean, I have started the phenomenon of craving. I have started the process for me of picking up. I've picked up, even though it's a stream bean, one stream bean. I may not continue to go on through it today, but I will pick up. And I'll end up at Dunkin' Donuts with 12 of this and 24 of that and so on and so forth. Um, um, I also have to abstain from foods that are healthy. Just because they are healthy, it doesn't mean that they're abstinent for me. You know, I, I had, I, people call me up and they say, oh, I'm having a healthy meal. What is that? Well, it's foods that maybe somebody who's a health nut can eat, but not a compulsive overeater like myself. So I have to be careful. Healthy, not abstinent. Um, I have to be careful of the names of sugar. In the, if you Google uh, 99 names of sugar, you'll find all kinds of sugar and all kinds of flour, if you Google names of flour, that we have to be careful of. I'm zero, I have zero tolerance to sugar. I don't eat it five or below or whatever like that. I've just, I went into two relapses. I should say that also. I came in very strong in this program. I got abstinent. I was like a 30-day wonder. I got skinny in two hours. I was, I did. And I was doing all kinds of service and I picked up really very, uh, whatever, it was horrible. And I ended up in treatment for 30 days in Florida. And I came out and I was abstinent and so on and so forth and um, for another two years and I picked up again. And I don't know why I just told you that, but um, I was doing, and, and I heard something the second time that I was in treatment. I heard sec something the second time, and what it was is I don't want the pain anymore. I just don't want the pain anymore. Just tell me. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Uh, and again, like Terry referred to, this red, green, and yellow light business, I don't, uh, I don't know where it came from, it doesn't matter. I personally think that it doesn't really work. If something's on the yellow list, if I'm not sure, get rid of it, why play with it? If I'm gonna, if it's a, if it's a yellow food, if it's on the list, it's a problem. You know, just the way you said, if you have to hide it, it's probably a problem. If it's on the list, it's a problem. Why play with it? Get rid of it and good riddance for me. It's very easy for me to give up those things because I don't want the pain. I like how I feel today, I like how I look today, but more important than that, I like my relationship to my higher power that grows, oh, grows every day. And the big book says, this is part of the entire psychic change, the big book does say the purpose of that is not to lose weight, 
It's not to put down the alcohol. It says in here the purpose of this big book is to help us establish a relationship with a power greater than ourselves. That's part of my psychic change. I come to these meetings and I abstain and weigh and measure, not because I want to lose weight, not because I want to maintain weight, but I want to maintain my connection to my higher power. Okay, so let's go back to this thing here. So if it's on the yellow list, I mean, I just don't even have it. Why do it? Because it can start the uh, phenomenon of craving and I could be into another 10 year relapse. It's not worth it. Um, I also have to find found out that I have to abstain from foods that excite me. Even if it's on my list, I'm very grateful because I have a specific food plan. My food plan is specific. It tells me I can eat this and this, how much of this and this, how much of this and this. I've been on it for 30 years. It has changed a couple times uh, just due to activity, due to aging, and so on and so forth. But um, there are foods on there that I can't eat. For example, sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are okay for a lot of people. They're on my list of foods I can eat. But I know that I can't eat them, and I found that out because I, I had to make sure, like, I had 174 pounds of sweet potatoes in the house <laughs> every day. You know, if I ate my six ounces, I'd have to go out and buy 10 more pounds. And I was excited. I was excited. You know, I don't want that excitement concerning food. I want to be peaceful. I want to be neutral. You know, the blander, the better for me. I don't, I don't uh, have one of those food processors. I don't do it. doesn't mean it's wrong. I'm just sharing what has worked for me for the years. Um, also, I think what's very, very, my nose runs too. Um, what's also very, very uh, tricky is fat, fat. I think a lot of us are very, very um, addicted to fat in the form of cream. I mean, sometimes I see people with, with coffee and, and it looks like they have a little coffee with their cream and, and sweetener, you know. I think those are the things that keep weight on us and not, make me not entirely abstinent. For me, I recoil as if from a hot flame because I want to be in a normal body size and I want my, my um, what's that called, that connection to God to be open. All right, so how much did I talk so far? Five minutes, oh my gosh, okay. No, nine. Oh, nine minutes, okay, thank you. Um, okay, so uh, there's also certain behaviors that I have to abstain from to be entirely abstinent. And I think everybody's gotta make up their own list. You know, you're, you know your list. If you're thinking whether or not this is okay or not okay, it's not okay. Put it on the list, why, why play with it? You know what I mean? That's my philosophy. So. Uh, some of the behaviors to be entirely absent, I never, ever, ever, ever skip a meal, ever, because it's, it has nothing to do with overeating, but it starts the phenomenon of craving. That's picking up for me. I don't ever skip a meal. I have never skipped a meal. And, um, and I don't skip parts of meals. You know, if I go out to a restaurant and I'm supposed to, and I, I, uh, plan. I do write my food down every day after 30 years and I send it off to my sponsor every day after 30 years. I don't change what's working. If it's working, why change it, Penny? I mean, I don't see any reason for that. So, and I love, I love, whatever. I don't know what I love. I love you. So anyway, I, I whatever. Um, parts and meals. So if I go out and they don't have the starch that I can have, I don't eat it. If I go out, I don't eat anything that's not on my plan. And when I go home, I can add it. 
I can have it when I go home. I have a metabolic, uh, metabolic at night. I can add it to that. If I don't eat it, you know, sometime, sometime like in the next five years, I might say, remember that time that I went out to eat with, with Kim and I didn't have that baked potato? I'll have it now. So I don't, I don't play with that. It doesn't matter how long I've been abstinent. It doesn't matter how long I've been recovered. Recovered. Uh, I, am, I still have this disease and I follow the same entire abstinent rules. I don't eat standing up. That was a binge thing for me. I don't eat while I'm weighing and measuring my food. I don't eat half of my weighed and measured food while I'm preparing it and then sit down. I just don't do it. It's something I don't do. That's entire abstinence for me. Even these behaviors, you know, I have this um, wall. It's a, it's a recovery wall. And um, each, there's bricks, all these bricks. And the first time I miss a meeting, a brick comes out, but the wall's okay. I'm okay, my food's okay, no problem. The next time I'm supposed to call my sponsor at five o'clock and at five o'clock I'm shopping at, I don't know, Ross, and I forgot to do it, another brick comes out, but I'm okay. My food is okay, but two bricks have come out already. You know, The next time I go out to a restaurant and I forget my scale and my cups, and I just weigh it, you know, like a four ounce thing like this, and you know, but I'm okay. another brick comes out. I'm okay. My food is okay. Well, there's going to be one brick that comes out. I don't know which brick that is, and the wall is going to come tumbling, tumbling down. So I try to keep the bricks in the wall, keep them in the wall. So why did I say that at this point? There was a reason I said that at this point. Um, well, any of these things are pulling out a brick. I don't eat in my car unless, unless I plan it. Unless I plan it. Sometimes I do have to eat in my car, but I tell my sponsor I'm going to do that. And this is the reason why. But that was, that was binge eating for me. You know, get it quick. As soon as I got out of the, I could hardly wait to get out of the supermarket before I got it in my mouth. Um, I never, ever make decisions on food myself. I've been doing this a long time. I know, I know a lot about this disease. I know a lot about recovery. I don't make decisions on my own. I am still a compulsive overeater, no matter what. So if I want to change something, I call my sponsor, who I have a lot of faith and confidence in, and we discuss it, and we talk about it, and we make a decision with God. I never do it on my own, even to this day. That's taking back my control, and it's really dangerous for me. That's taking about out three bricks. Uh, I don't change the prescription. The prescription is my food plan as it is written. I don't change it because I don't feel good. I don't change it because I'm full. Uh, I eat everything that's on my plate. I never leave anything on my plate. That is the prescription. If a doctor tells me to eat, to take two pills, I don't take one because I'm feeling a little bit better. I eat. I eat. I keep saying eat. I don't eat pills. I take pills. Um, I take it because that's what the doctor said. I don't change anything. That's taking back my control. Um, the other thing, which was a big brick out of the wall for me, was uh, moving my times of eating at an inappropriate time, either too early or too late. I was in a, in a career and that I was driving from one location to another. And if I would pass a first a certain food uh, store or a quick fast food place. I would eat my dinner at three o'clock in the afternoon because I wanted to eat that. But I'm okay, I'm okay, but that's not appropriate. So now I have times that I can eat. I don't eat my breakfast before six o'clock. I try not to eat it after eight o'clock. And if I have to, I, t I 
called into my sponsor. Same with lunch. I don't eat lunch before 11 o'clock. Sometimes I do. I call it into my sponsor. I try not to eat after 2 o'clock. And same for all my meals. Um, and after, after my metabolic, I'm done. I don't care what happens. I'm never, ever hungry. Somebody recently, a new person that I'm sponsoring says to me, said to me, I'm never hungry. I think that I should be hungry in order to lose weight. I said, anything that you think about food, anything that you think that you know about food, cross it off the list, strike it from the, from the record. You know, how long have I been talking? Okay. Um, she, she, I thought she was the... Uh, the, the um, 15 minutes. Okay, all right, okay, good. Um, so now, but the big book does say this, that there is, there's hope. There's good news and there's bad news. We cannot get abstinent and stay abstinent unless we are entire. we can't get abstinent unless we are entirely abstinent. And we can't stay abstinent unless we have an entire psychic change. That's in the doctor's opinion. So what is that? And how do I get that? What is that and how do I get that? Um, I have to understand this. Uh, so what I'm going to do is just go through the steps. It's, it's living the steps. I don't ever have to go through the steps again because I live the steps. I live them every day. I just live them. Uh, I recently, somebody asked me to join a step group. I said, I really don't want to do that because I don't feel like I need to do it because I'm working on them every single day. That's just what I do. So let me find out where the steps are. So I'm just going to talk about how I do these steps on a daily basis, which is part of my psychic change. What is it, 58? 59. Thank you. Okay, 59. Okay, so um, before I go through the steps, there's, there's, there's uh, other things in the mind, too, that I have to be careful to say not to say. And that is if I'm saying things like I'm getting back on track, I have no understanding of this disease at all. Because if I think I can get back on track, I'm saying I'm not powerless. I, I can eat this today and be back tomorrow. That's not true. And the more we say it, we're going to stay in that disease. Um, I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm just going to have one. If you think that if you've been around a long time and you're still struggling and you've been through step group and step group and step group, and you're still not able to stay abstinent or you're still in a size body that doesn't work for you. If you're saying this works for me, this food plan works for me, I'm suggesting to you, maybe it doesn't. Because if you keep picking up, if you keep picking up, it's probably not working. So take a look at what it is that's not working for you. Uh, they all, when I get relapsed, people who are talking to, you know, saying about it, they say, I've been, I've been doing that for years, that works for me. It doesn't, you're back at step one, you know. Uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. This uh, obsession of the mind, in, in the step group that I did join, by the way, they use that F word, if you ever get the efforts, um, you know, like just forget about it. I'm just gonna forget about it tonight and I'll get back on track. That's another obsession of the mind that I have to pray for. Diet versus recovery. This is not a diet plan, this is a recovery plan. Um, if I eat this, I'll subtract it from that meal and understanding the steps. So for me, we admitted we were powerless over food, alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Ding, 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 ding. There's no way, I know that. I was to Weight Watchers, I, I lectured for a place, I had my jaws wired shut, I went to diet camp, uh, on and on and on, diet pills as a kid. 
nothing worked. I lost the weight, but I could not keep it off because I never had that entire psychic change. That's it. Came to believe, step two, that a power, and I do that every day. When I write down my food, when I call it in, when I sponsor people, I'm taking that first step. I'm admitting I'm powerless. When I put my food on that scale, I'm admitting I'm powerless. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. The second step is almost, you know, like eating X-lax and it's like voiding. You have to go, if you're going to admit you're powerless, what's the next step? I have to admit or come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity when it comes to food. I have to do that. The next step made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. It's really easy. It's not that difficult. I just say, yes, I've made that decision. And the way I do that every single day is working the rest of the steps. And the rest of the steps are all incorporated in the 10th step. So I don't ever really have to make another searching of fearless moral inventory. I don't ever really have to uh, ask God to entirely remove my defects of characters. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings, make a list of persons we had harmed, made direct amends to such people, because I do that. When I have a situation that comes up, I make a 10-step call. I call somebody, and we go over it. Penny, what's going on? Well, I was really angry with Comcast. Okay, well, <laughs> I was really angry with Comcast. So I take a fourth step on that. My resentment is Comcast. The reason is my bill is so high. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And uh, this affects my financial, it affects everything, you know. And so that's my fourth. The fifth step is admitting it to another person. The sixth step, the problem is not Cam Comcast because I've learned, I've been around long enough, it's not Comcast. Well, maybe it is, but no. <laughs> for, for all intents and purposes, because we work a spiritual program, anytime somebody else, somebody makes me upset. And I do this automatically. I've been doing it long enough that I do it automatically, pretty much so. Um, it's my perception of what's going on, my perception of what's going on. I have fear of financial insecurity. Uh, I have control issues. What do you mean you can't lower the bill? You know, I have expectations. They don't know who I am. I've been with them for 100 years, you know, really. Um, so this is um, the, ca the character defects. I go through them with my, whoever I'm doing this with, and then I humbly ask my higher power to remove the character defects. And just in doing that, the anger and the resentment, which will take me away from God and closer to picking up, I can't afford that. I cannot afford even a tiny little inch of that. Immediately I have to work these, these, uh, these steps. Uh, I think feelings are highly overrated in this program for me. Uh, I don't, I don't want to have to feel all that stuff. I want to... I want to go to God and know that God's, I earn enough money to pay that bill, otherwise I'll have to cut back the, the, uh, the, whatever I get from them. So the problem is me. So that's, and I get on my knees when I pray. And I make a list of all persons I'd harmed. I probably was not real nice to the woman that I was speaking to at Comcast, right Nancy? And, uh, and all the time I'm saying to her, I'm sorry it's not you, I know you're trying to help me, but in the meantime I'm really nasty. And I just really have to say to her, I am so sorry. I'm willing to make those amends, and also to myself, and also to God. When I'm upset with that person, I am disgracing my higher power, because I'm saying to God, I don't trust you. 
I'm not, you know, what I try to say is I'm yours and I trust you. I'm yours and I trust you. I'm yours and I'm trust you. I'm okay. You know, I, I am okay. It's my fear. Um, so I make direct amends when I can, and uh, except when to do so would injure them or others. And I continue to take personal inventory all the time. Every day I'm doing it. I'm human, 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 human. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. This has just grown immensely in the past years. I mean, when I first came in, uh, I was working full time and I never skipped a day without prayer and meditation in the morning, ever. My husband and I actually used to do it together. I always prayed at meals, we prayed together at night, um, so on and so forth. But now I have time and I really put time into the prayer and meditation in the morning, I love it. I don't go outside of the house uh, just the same way as I don't go outside of the house without clothes on. I don't get out of the house and go, <gasps> I forgot to put my clothes on. Oh my gosh. I don't do that. Thank you for laughing. Um, I don't get out of the house and say, I didn't have time to pray and meditate. I have to have that armor of, of God around me before I go out there to, uh, to be with all those people out there. So I do pray a lot. And I keep trying to ask God, what more can I do? Right now I'm trying to uh, bring into God to that, that pause when I'm agitated or doubtful that I, uh, if I get a, a negative thought in my mind, like if I'm judging somebody, like to cut that thought off at the past, like God, that's not of you, that's not of you, please cast it down and just have love and tolerance, love and tolerance and this is part of my prayer and meditation I've been doing it a long time so it's kind of easy for me and of course the 12th step uh, it says over and over in here if we're not doing a 12th step we're not recovered. We're dieting. You know, the, main th the most important thing here, well, they're all important. I can't say which one's more important. But once we have recovered, it is our duty to bring this to other people. Without that, we're going to pick up. That, that's, that's taking a brick out of the wall. Every day I don't take this program to somebody else, I've taken another brick out of the wall. Okay, so that's that. I'm trying to see. What time do I stop? 10 o'clock. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I could. We have nine minutes. Okay, I didn't think I had that much to say. Um, so, and these are just some of the other things that I've written down in the past month that, you know, the, the psychic change actually is defined in the big book as to undergo a profound alteration in his reaction to life. And I have had that profound alteration in my reaction to life. Uh, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. The first thing is I don't look at food as goodies. I don't look at it as a, as a, as a uh, celebration. I look at abstinence as the celebration, as the gift. Recovery is the gift. Um, I don't look as f at food as goodies. It's not goodies to me. It's not, that stuff is not healthy. I look at it as baddies. I'm going to start coughing. That probably means I should stop soon. <coughs> the other part of the psychic change is, I did forget my water. I'll say this and then I'll be done. I have to be careful of those character defects. I have to look, and, and I do read every single day in our big book on awakening and when we retire at night. <coughs> but I have to look every day at my character defects. When I'm resentful, selfish, dishonest, afraid, overly excited, <coughs> I have to deal with that. 
I have to deal with it now. I cannot afford to not deal with it. And the, the directions are real specific, excuse me, in the big book. So I think that's God's way of saying that I should stop talking. I love you all, and uh, thank you. <laughs>